Welcome to a bonus episode of Toys on Tap with Matt Gondek coming on to talk about toys and show us his first fully completed toy that has his handprints all the way from the beginning to production. If you want to jump on and support the show, you can like, follow, rate, review wherever you get podcasts. You can follow on all socials at Toys on Tap. If you want to jump on and financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash toys on tap. Now let's hear from Matt this episode of Toys on Tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have the microphone plugged in. That's why you couldn't hear me. But now you can. <laughs> hey, it's good to have you on. Uh, Thanks. This is happening real quick. I sent the message thinking like, hey, we'll plan for the future. And then five hours later, we're on it. Here we are. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's good to meet you. My name's Abe. It's good to finally meet you. You've been Hi. an artist. I've watched for years now. So it's cool to have you on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, uh, I just want to preface this. I, I don't know the most about making toys, but I appreciate the opportunity. But I just want to say that out front here. So I won't know too many nitty gritty questions. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to, we're not going to get super nitty gritty. We only have an hour. So we're just going to, okay. we'll probably just scratch the surface. Uh, Cause I'm assuming that most interviews that you've gone into have talked uh, through how you got into painting, all that stuff. Um, and kind of like carried you up until this point. Uh, but we're probably going to start right when you uh, are in the middle of your, like, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, that era where you make the first jump to a vinyl toy. Okay. So we're probably going to hover around there. But before we do any of that, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Matt Gondek. I am a deconstructive pop artist. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. Uh, my background was I was a like a freelance illustrator in the music industry. I transitioned to making artwork, like fine art paintings. I, I now I you know do that. I make clothing. I make toys, NFTs, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, that's who I am. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I do a little digging always. So uh, I know that you were born in '82. So I know that like you grew up '90s, like in the middle of the Ninja awesomeness Turtles. yeah of course of course yeah uh, um and this is the this is a, a podcast that interviews toy artists and artists that use toys as their medium in every scene including uh scott hensey who uh actually sculpted all the ninja turtle toys right on. So, that's awesome yeah so we're kind of doing that uh take me back to your first vinyl toy yeah <clears throat> so my first vinyl toy was I believe we started talking about it in 2017. I had done a painting of a deconstructed Mickey Mouse. Like, if you're not familiar with my work, think about cartoons blowing up. That's the easiest way to say what I do. And there was a company named Toy Cube that approached me about making a vinyl toy of my work. And I really had no idea what any how any of it worked. And you know, they 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 said, you know, we'd love to make something what would you like to make? And I, I had this painting of the deconstructed Mickey at the time. So I submitted that and like, you know, you, I'm sure your listeners know you have to draw all the different views, the front, back sides, top, bottom, all that stuff. And <clears throat> actually right around the time that was happening, I didn't realize how long it takes a, a company like toy cube to make a toy. It takes like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
at the same time, I was also flirting with another company to make a resin toy. And they wanted to make a bust of this deconstructed Homer I had made. And because it was resin, it got done fairly quickly. It got done, you know, with maybe like in four or five months. And I just agreed to it because I, I I didn't really understand how the vinyl toy world worked or anything. Long story short, the, the resin Homer comes out and then the vinyl toy is ready to go like three months later. So I was like basically sitting on these two projects at once. And obviously that was like the first time I ever held a vinyl toy in my hand that, that I made. And it was just so cool to, you know, have something that I drew or painted in my hand. And not only that, but the face came off because like my stuff blows up. They built it in a way where you could remove the face, which I thought yeah. was incredible. And uh, we did 300 of those. Well, there was three different colorways, you know, three editions. Each one was 300. We did, Toy Cube did the first one on their own website. And then we actually ended up just buying out the other two editions ourselves and released the second colorway, which is like a black and white version in Hong Kong. And then we did a pop-up in New York and released the third colorway, which is like a blue and yellow version. That was, you know, end of 2017, first half of 2018, when that all happened. Which is incredible to be successful enough where you can drop it in different locations. Stuff. Was there, as a, like, because you're, you're flirting with both companies, you're kind of like doing two things. Any issues between the companies yes. and you? Okay. Let's, what are those yeah. issues? I'm glad you asked. Cause I started to lose to it. And as I was speaking, I thought maybe I don't want to say it, but I guess it doesn't matter. They don't like me anyway. <laughs> the, the resin, the resin toy was really cool. And I was so stoked to have it. And I genuinely mean that I thought it was really cool, but the vinyl toy was awesome. It was mm -hmm. just, it was, it was so cool to hold this thing in my hand. And like, it was completely painted. So it was all different colors. The resin toy was just one color and it was quite small. So naturally, when I held the, the vinyl toy, I was like, oh, my God, this is the one. I'm like, the resin toy company got very upset with me that I was, like, so happy about the vinyl toy. And they they haven't spoken to me to, to this day. Mm. I, you know, they, we, we broke ties. And, I mean, it sucks because, like, I thought it was cool, but I kind of get it. They wanted to do more colorways of the the resin toy. But once I had the vinyl, I was like, this is what I'm doing now. This is so much cooler. Yeah, there's just a. It seems like there's a different appeal as well. Like it looks cleaner when it does vinyl. The paint masks come out better. It seems like, um, yeah. but resin is it's dope. I, I'm sad that they cut ties. It is what it is. Like yeah, you know, you make enemies as you go along. I don't know if enemies right word, but you can't always make everybody happy. I suppose. Yeah. So would you say that that was a moment that kind of hooked you, and you were just looking at the next project yeah, totally. to vinyl? Yeah, I mean, like, it was immediate. Like, like I said, Toy Cube released the first colorway. And then the gallery I used to work with, we bought the last two colorways ourselves. And I just, I noticed immediately coming from the fine art world where I was selling paintings and prints, it kind of opened this door to the, all these different collectors. Like, I had all these new collectors and fans that didn't care at all about my paintings or fine art. They only collected toys. So it kind of opened this door. And it was just really cool to interact with these people. And I always liked vinyl toys too. Like I grew up collecting Kid Robot and all that stuff. Like I had so mm. many dunnies and everything growing up. So naturally, the, as soon as I made my first toy, I wanted to make a second one. So like we very quickly found someone else to make our second vinyl toy. And that went terribly. It went so bad. Oh, okay. We got to dive. What were the yeah. things that like really made that so much different than the first one? So the first one, the deconstructed mouse, it was just... Yeah. To be, to be, it was built well. It stood up. 
you know, you could put it on a shelf and walk away and it was there. It was fine. Right. The problem with the second one is we went with a different company and they're, they're my friends to this day. Like there's no blame here. I'm just going to tell the story how it happened. Yeah. We had, we had a big expo coming up at the end of that year called complex con. It's like a really big expo here in uh, California, a lot of different vendors. And the gallery I used to work with had a booth and I was going to be like their, their star attraction for this booth. So like we rented a box truck and I painted the whole box truck and we had like, uh, I think we had skate decks available and t-shirts, but the reason why everyone was going to come to the booth was this toy I was making. It was called aggression. Mm -hmm. And Someone, you know, you could argue it looked like, looked like Marvin the Martian, but I obviously won't say that on the record, <laughs> but you can say it looked like him. But anyway, I had this really cool deconstructed aggression toy that kind of looked like, you know, an alien from the Warner Brothers. The problem was, was that we knew we only had like nine months to make this thing. So like the gallery was like really pressuring the manufacturer. It's 3D retro. They're out here in California to yeah. make this thing. And they were arguing back and forth, fighting with each other, and they got it done on time. But I don't think there was enough quality control with it because um, the character has very tiny, skinny little legs, but he's quite top heavy. And he has a gun that like outstretches past his, his body. So it's very top heavy and it's uneven. So these kids were at ComplexCon buying this toy, getting it home, putting it on their shelf, going to bed. They'd wake up in the morning and it would have fallen off the shelf and broken to like three pieces. Oh. And the problem, I mean, that sucks. That that's that's the problem. Mm. But on top of that, we had done a three colorway deal where we did 300 of the first edition we released at ComplexCon. We had two other editions just sitting in a warehouse. Now we already bought all these things and we knew that if kids got them, the minute they put them on the shelf, they were gonna break. So we never got to release them. But the to this day of my career of like 15 years, if I could go back in time and change one thing about my entire career, it would be the release of that toy, not have it, not releasing it. Cause everyone was, was mad and I'm mad. And it's just, it's just a bummer whenever, whenever you like, you get to a point in your art career where people believe in you enough to buy your work, that they spend money on something you make, then they take it home and it breaks. That just sucks. Yeah. So yeah, that was the second toy. And then it got better after that too. Yeah. So Pick back up. That's 3D retro. That's Ben, right? It is Ben. Ben's awesome. Yeah, he yeah. does 3D retro, and then he obviously is the the, the head of designer con, a huge mm. but like expo out here in California. Yeah, that's uh, that is a bummer. You know, uh, I I got a couple toys that are very top heavy, and the way that they kind of correct it because a lot of them are kind of in the same vein as what you're talking about. Like the mm -hmm. the legs just weren't planned like well, I guess. And one of them, um, it, I don't know if you've seen the Tat Poo figure. I don't know what that is. No, uh, it's a Winnie the Pooh, and he's like covered in like Japanese style oh, tattoos. Okay. Um, and they've tried to fix it with like this little peg running into the same problem. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, they're soft vinyl, right? So, like, over time, they can like bounce around and like move, but. Yeah, the thing is, like, you can design something on a computer that looks awesome, but it doesn't yeah. mean it's going to work in the real world. And that's that was a crash course for me, learning that really quickly. Yeah. And then you – so, I mean, the hard part is, like, once you get dis discouraged and you have that problematic piece, everyone's kind of pissed at each other. What makes you continue into toys? Because the next one is anger management or – Anger issues. Anger issues. Yeah. It was a duck. It was a punk yep. rock duck. Yeah. A bat. 
I mean, even though like the thing was, was that we, there was a period of time there where we were just ripping through toys. And what I mean by that is like, we would, we had a couple in the works, right? So yeah, we were already working on the, the anger issues, the punk duck toy while aggression was being made. But I did, I did, thankfully we made some changes before they actually made the molds where the, the, the anger issues, the punk duck it has duck feet. So it has giant feet. Yeah. And then he also had a baseball bat that he was kind of holding like it was a cane. So there was three points of contact on the ground, which, I mean, it changed everything. Like that, that figure is, is flawless. You know, the, the first one came out in 2019. And I mean, I have one, I'm looking at one right now here in my studio. It's still, it's still perfect, you know, yeah. because it's, it's built well. That's a company called Thundermates. They're based out of uh, China. Yeah, they do pretty good work. That was the third one. We did two colorways. We did like an original, like all different colors. Then the second one was a black and white version called Drowning, that I released on Black Friday a couple of years ago on my own website. That one's pretty good. Are you in? Because this is now the third company that you've kind of worked with, right? Fourth. Yeah, we were jumping around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't even matter anymore. Toy Cube got really upset. Yeah. Whenever they release, they released that first colorway of the 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 deconstructed mouse, and whenever we just said we wanted to buy the other two options, we kind of didn't let them have an option to release it themselves anymore. We we're it was like we'll buy them or nothing. We kind of mm-hmm. strong armed them, and I we 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 broke ties with them. I'm you know it is what it is. And then the second one, the 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 aggression figures, those broke, so we didn't want to work with them anymore. And then we moved on to Thundermates. And by that time, Thundermates was already courting me. Like I had to go over, I think I was in Taiwan or somewhere for an art show and they had, they had come by and like talked to me and like, we started like, you know, flirting back and forth then. And I saw that they were doing a lot of toys for a lot of my peers. And I just thought they were doing really good work. And they do like, I, I would still work with them to this day. It's just, I haven't made another vinyl toy since then. I made a Safubi this time and yeah. I made that in a, with a Japanese company. Yeah. Before we get into the Sufubi, I do like, here's the nitty gritty part that we can probably tiptoe around um, with the vinyl toys. You're, you're tiptoeing around maybe some copyright things. Yeah. I can talk about it. Yeah. How is that? How are you able to do that and continue to like produce more and more? Yeah. Good question. Um, There's only ever been one time in the toys that I've made that, that someone's come knocking on my door and like, what's up? Yeah. And it was, it was the character that looks an awfully lot like Marvin, the Martian. Yeah. Um, the reason why was that, <clears throat> well, let me start this way. People that do what the kind of stuff I do, there's a thing called a parody law. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to describe it really is like, you're allowed to use other people's IP in the terms of your parody, parodying it or making fun of it or using it in a different way. And you're also changing it a percentage, right? And on paper, I believe that it's it's 30%. But like, how do you how do you quantify a percentage change? You know what I mean? Yeah. The problem was with my aggression figure, the the Marvin one, was that it was the same colors as as the actual Warner Brothers Marvin, and half the face of Marvin was still on the figure. Yeah. So it was very close to the original. And that at that point, Warner had come to me and said, Hey, look, you know what you did. Don't do it again. But if you do, just call us and we can work out a deal and we can make these things together, which I thought was super cool of them. Like it could have went a lot worse. But, you know, because because those toys broke, we just didn't pursue making any more. So we never entertained an offer with them. 
And then since then, maybe this is like a secret for like toy makers. Like, like the, the next toy I made was that punk duck and there's no face at all. You know, it's just yeah. skeleton. It's just like the bones. So like, and then also like the colors are different than the original character. Like they're changed parody law. That's kind of how this, this stuff works. Like you look at someone like, I'm sure your audience knows Ron English. It's kind of the same thing. Like he yeah. does these serial mascots toys and they're just very fat versions of the characters. It's the same thing. It's a parody. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one that comes to mind immediately is this like deconstructed mouse figure that you had done. Um, Early on, uh, there was a guy named Dan O'Neill who kind of went head to head with Disney about, uh, and he started the Mouse Liberation Front and created these whole things because he was fighting against them because they were trying to quantify parody as well. And so uh, they were kind of, um, I I don't know what the term is. I like the term douchey as they were like talking to him. And I think that the, the, the issue that they were going off is like, you can't continue to do all of these. And so he, st- he like stepped up and got artists to create just one. Cause that's what they decided on. And that's got where it. we get, it's something it's called uh Mickey and the air pirates. If you've ever heard of that title. No, I, I haven't, but I'll look that up. That sounds really cool. I like that. Yeah. And so that's like your first vinyl toy, like personifies that movement Amazing. of the mouse liberation. It's awesome. You do have a couple figures that, uh, from what I can tell, you've had you had influence on, or they were a part of you. We have like the nuclear family, as well. Yeah, yeah it's like a four foot, uh, yeah, giant sculpture. Yeah, there's a hundred of those. Yeah, and so working now, you're 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 bouncing between um, vinyl, resin, back to vinyl, now massive vinyl. Yeah, correct. Uh-huh. What's that process looking like for you? Because it just scale is huge. Yeah, they were four feet. So the nuclear family sculpture, it's 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 a based off the Simpsons. We'll just I'll just fucking start talking normally. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're it's good. Basically, what I do, it's like a you know, the skeleton dripping version of the Simpsons, and it's big, right? And yeah. basically the idea is it's if you're looking at it, it's 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 Homer, it's it's everyone but March, okay? Mm-hmm. And Homer is standing there and all the kids are kind of hanging off of him. Which means that, again, you have something that has these heavy things that are not centered in gravity. There's things sticking off the main character, right? I'll never forget this. We were working on the prototype forever. And so in the art world, there's this thing called Art Basel. It's like this huge thing in in Florida every year. It's Miami Art Basel. Like all the galleries go there to show up what they're doing. And our plan was to debut the prototype at our booth at Art Basel, right? Mm. So I fly from LA and I land in Florida and like, it's like two hours before Art Basel opens and I get in the taxi and I'm like, not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And I finally get to the booth and the doors are about to open and <clears throat> the gallery owner pulls the, like the curtain off the, the sculpture. It's like one of those movie moments. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, there's a four foot sculpture here of my work. This is the coolest thing. And I bend down and I poke the leg of one of the characters and it fucking falls off. Can I swear? Sorry. Yeah, you could swear as much because that's a needed the leg the leg falls off a minute before doors are opening, right? So I'm like, okay. So I quickly I get on my phone and I'm like, I'm trying to find like a CVS and go buy some glue or something, right? There's like a CVS like a half mile up the street. So I'm I'm now I'm running. I'm literally running up the street. I get to CVS and like this thing's in the booth. Like you can't put it anywhere else. Like we're in the booth now. Now 
it's open. People are walking around. I'm just standing there holding this fucking leg while the glue is drying for like 20 minutes. That was my very, it was the prototype. After that, everything was fine. You know, they're, they're just hard to make because they're so big and the boxes are so big. But that was, we made that and uh, we debuted it at a Hong Kong show a couple of years ago. Then we made one called Growing Pains, which is based off a Mickey Mouse character. And that was back with 3D Retro again. Yeah. Uh, that one, that one was done well. That they, they did a good, nice job with that one. But yeah, I mean, I've a lot of this was because at the time, a lot of this stuff was between 2017 and 2019 before the pandemic. When I was working with a gallery that we were just like, let's go, let's make things. Cause like we were having a good time doing it. They they were coming out good, all things considered, besides the one. They were people were responding to them well, they were selling. So we were just like, let's go. You know what I mean? Then once the pandemic hit, we kind of stopped a lot of different stuff. Like we made some stuff since then, but not as much, obviously. Yeah. Which kind of leads us up into this Safubi toy um, that kind of, it has its beginnings right as, right before, as the pandemic is starting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started drawing it in 2020. Like, right. I mean, like the, yeah, right. In the very beginning, it's because I had a huge art show in 2019. We did a 10 foot, sculpture there we had we had an eight foot sculpture we debuted a an addition of a hundred of a four foot sculpture so like we were in it and i'd gone home from that show and like okay what's next i started drawing this character called big trouble because i had an art show coming up where a lot of the work focused around like this giant monster and i was trying to come up with this monster that was going to be in the vein of my work but it was going to be in the paintings and I knew we were going to make something of it. And I wanted, because it was like a monster, I, I knew I wanted to make like a kaiju, like a giant, like a, 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 a Godzilla-ish creature, you know? And I was like, well, if we're going to do that, we should do it right. We should make a Safubi in Japan. So I started poking around and I started asking my friends for help. And that's kind of how that all got started. Yeah. And this is, uh, it's been like worded as this is the first toy that you have done. Yeah. I paid, so I paid for it myself and like I oversaw okay. everything. Like up until this point, I was working with a gallery that was kind of doing everything for me, but I wanted to do this myself. So that's that's what happened. Before we dive into like the craziness of taking a three-year gap almost and all those things, what's it feel like to finally do something all the way through your heading up the project versus partnering with other people? Well, it's, it's great because, I mean, I had the control of it the whole time, you know, um, I'm like, I've been talking about the toy now on my, my, my like socials and stuff. And like, yeah. I really do think it's light years ahead of any other toy I've ever made. Like just holding it. It's like a complete idea. The colors are phenomenal. It, it feels good in my hand. Like there's nothing about it. I don't like, and I'm just, and it's good to, it's good because like, not, not that I sat there and I, I, I handmade these things myself, you know what I mean? But it's, it's just nice that the one I did is the one I love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they just, they look great. They're just really cool. Yeah. What are dimensions of this uh, figure? It's 11 inches tall. Holy jeez. Yeah. I don't know how wide it is, but it has a tail that sticks out and I guess yeah. a big fat stomach. They're, they're pretty big. Yeah. It's a cool glimpse into also, I think maybe the inner workings of your brain, because uh, there was a, a wording where you said that you needed almost like you needed a villain or something. So you created big trouble. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was a monster. I wanted to make like a giant monster that was just kind of the paintings that um, I had a show called Discipline. And the show was only five colors. Like I've known for like a neon yellow, neon pink, like a like a, a blue I call Mallow blue. 
and the co- the colors are that's what the, the character is but then also the, the whole show is this giant monster kind of wrecking everything and that's that's what it is it's a giant kaiju monster thing yeah with hints of different characters in it uh like and uh, looking at the figure the more that you your video like does this full turnaround you look all over it um deciding the paint apps on that what was that like because they they're clean and they're like perfectly placed all of that stuff they are like yeah i know a lot of this was like just luck like they're good <laughs> but it's it's gorgeous man like i knew that i wanted it to be neon colors like yeah i'm known for really bright colors and i wanted this like all my past toys are they're colorful but they're not bright like this thing's bright uh I knew that I wanted its stomach to look like a donut. So it, it, you know, it has like the pink frosting with sprinkles all over it. And it has like these, these, these pink bubbles all over its shoulders and backs and legs. And I was just, when I was drawing this thing, I was just trying to think of like interesting things where if you looked at it from different angles, like it's cause like it doesn't have any clothes on or any like accessories. Right. So like, I was just trying to think of ways to make it interesting. So like it has different, it's skins melting off. You can see the the skeleton underneath the skeletons, the, the, the blue that I use it has like the pink bubbles everywhere. Uh, it has then it's its feet are white with blue claws. It just it's just really pretty. I just think yeah. it's like it's pretty looking. Uh, the how many points of articulation are we working with? Good question. That the head the head swivels and the legs and the arms move. Okay, so, so that's, five. I guess that's five, right? Yeah, five points. Um, yeah. and then with that. Uh, there's a tendency for people to like cut costs and stuff where they like build it at home. They get it all. Did you do that? You had it all built and shipped. What do you mean people build them at home? I don't know what you mean. That is a, um, so sometimes when Safubi's made or soft vinyls made, um, they will get just massive boxes of like, Oh, this is all the right leg. This is all the left leg. Then you got to trim. You got to like, no, no, no. I I, I had someone do that, man. Like, yeah, that, I, that's why I, I kind of prefaced it before I got on here. Like I'm it's, I saw that who you have on here and it's incredible, but I, I submitted ideas and drawings and I have a team that helped me make everything. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I think it from the outside, I'm guessing that like time is so vital for you. So like, if it costs a little more for someone else to build something, it kind of is yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's not only that man, but I knew, I worked with someone who knows how to do this. Like I hired a professional, Yeah, you know, it wasn't me sitting here trying to figure it out and then releasing like a janky toy. Like this thing looks perfect because someone who did it as a professional, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've always been kind of like that way. Like I'd rather have help from someone who knows what they're doing, you know, if I can. Yeah. When you submitted 2020 ish, is that when you first reached out to the factory? I reached out to the factory in 2021 because in okay. 2020 i tried to have someone else do it mm-hmm. and they just kept dropping the ball in terms of like they could like they they were just messing up like everything mm-hmm. and i just wasn't happy and i was like look i don't i just think it's better if we just stop now and at the time like there's an artist a pretty prolific guy named buff monster mm-hmm. and i reached out to him because he has done a lot of toys like that i'm like hey buff do you know anybody and he refer- he referred me to a company in japan and I, I emailed them and they came back like, yeah, this is, this is doable. We have all the resources and that's, so it was our second, second company that we went with. Yeah. And then because of the pandemic stuff that has kind of prolonged it, you finally get your foot in the door with that email 
Um, but there's still probably some supply chain issues and all that. Uh, so from time that you emailed them till final, you get the first one back, the test print or whatever you'd like to call that. How long? Good question. Okay. So I, I want to say I emailed them probably early 2021. I held the prototype in my hands, November of 2022. Oh, that's a long time. That's Yeah. I was time. actually, I was in Tokyo. I had an art exhibition and the owner of the company came to the exhibition with the prototype. And that was the first time I like, I held it and saw it. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. It was just one color at the time. Like, this is so cool. I'm like, when can I have these? He goes sometime in 2023. And I'm like, Okay. I'm used to like times there, but the company, yeah. the, the person that hand paints these things, it's just one guy that he wakes up, he does as many as he can do in a day and he, that's it. And so they kind of gave me like a really wide ballpark time when they'd be done. They said probably summer of 2023. And I, I, I want to say I got them uh, in the mail maybe about a month ago. Okay. I think what you said is good for other people to hear. It is one guy who is taking piece by piece with a paint mask spraying and then just moving on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what they told me. Yeah. It's, it's one guy doing all of it, but I mean, he's really good at it. Like <laughs> my toy, like the character, his stomach has like, it's like a donut. So it sprinkles. And I was yeah. like, surely there's gonna be cut corners where these sprinkles have overspray. They don't mm -hmm. like, like the attention to detail is just incredible on this thing. Yeah. And for this, because it seems like you have low additions usually, especially with the vinyl and the resin. Yeah. What are you looking at for Sifubi? There's 200 of it. Okay. So we're still in the lower additions. Yeah. I wanted, I, I like to keep things special. Yeah. I always have like, you know, I've always, I think people like that too. If you can get one, you're one of the people that has one, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a special thing. Like you don't, whenever things, something's mass produced, everyone has one. It's not as cool. Right. Like, and what, one good thing, because I self-produced this and I'm releasing it on my own, I didn't have to talk with anyone else about the pricing. Like, I think the pricing I'm seeing is very competitive. Like I'll tell you what, man, the toy that we released at complex con a couple of years ago that broke mm -hmm. the gallery, we agreed on $400. I'm releasing this toy of my own for two ninety nine. Yeah. which I don't know if that's good or bad in like the grand scheme of things, but in terms of like the passings I released, that's, that's lower. Like I want people to have this, but I also wanted to keep it like a low quantity. So like the people that could get it, like they have like, they, they feel special because it's special. Like I really genuinely love this thing. Yeah. I mean, looking at, you go to DesignerCon, you look at the different Sifubi pieces. Um, there's companies that come to mind that have 10, 11 inch figures, multiple points of articulation painted. You're about the same price and you've got the name behind it to back it. So you're well within something that's attainable, which is awesome. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I wanted to, I, this has always been like my baby. Like it's not one of my paintings. It's not an art show. It's just this thing I wanted to make that I thought would be cool. So I wanted to, I didn't want to put like some like dickhead price on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here's the question then. Mm -hmm. You love this one. This one's like perfection for you. Are there more coming down the pipeline? We we agreed to get this one in our hands before we agreed to make more. But we we now are entertaining the idea like, we already we we had conversations about what the next colorway would be because now the mold's made obviously. Yeah. I'm also learning like there's so many more things you can do with these these Safubi like just different paint masks and like making them have sparkly stuff inside them and all this 
I don't know any of the technical terms. I'm so yeah. sorry, but like, no, no, that's okay. It's just stuff I never would have thought of to make in my life. Yeah. So like, we're still like entertaining different ideas right now, but I mean, I would love to make more of these. Like the first one came out so cool. Why not make more of these? Yeah. Most, uh, the, the thing that I see the most is like you get blanks in different colors and there's clear and glow in the dark. Yeah. And, and because the majority of the cost is just mold making, everything else falls in line so easily. Totally. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, why not? We should make more, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think because it seems like in your in your career in making vinyl toys with companies and also doing this, you've had multiple things happening at the same time. Um, have you also been trying to do that as this Safubi is like launched? Doing other things? Yeah, other uh, toys or other companies that you're trying to work with in the vinyl area. This was this was the only toy we're working on. Like okay. I'm also, I mean, I'm I'm working on a bronze sculpture. I mean, I don't know if that falls in the same realm, yeah. but that's more like a like a higher value piece. But in terms of toys, this was the only thing. Like I got really sidetracked during the pandemic with all this stuff. You know, like I it took so long to make this one that I was afraid to get because I self-produced this. It's quite a lot of money. Yeah. So I didn't want to, you know, have more projects in the works until this was done. But now that I have it, it's like, this is gorgeous. Like, why not make more? I'm just now faced with the the fact of like, shit, they take so long to make. I really wish I would have started some more projects, you know? Yeah, that is the crazy. And I think that even falls outside of pandemic stuff. Some of these companies yeah. are like, um, there's companies like uh, Nacelle who are producing old toy lines and it's just taken years to get them up and off the ground because of all the stuff they need to do yeah 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 i mean yeah these they, these things have always taken a long time at least my vinyl toys they, like i said they're usually like a year and a half yeah good ones which is uh like out of this world so with that um are you headed into things like designer con or upcoming cons with this toy in hand to like no okay no, no, okay no. that's never been my strategy my i've never really I mean, when I did the complex con, it was because the gallery was representing me and they did it, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's never really been my path. I just kind of like to do my own. That sounds like so douchey. I don't mean it like to be like an <laughs> asshole. I don't know. I just like to make stuff and I release it myself and I keep going, you know, like, yeah, I like to go to designer con and walk around and see people. I don't want to be there sitting at a booth. Yeah. It's not what I like to do. I like to go there and goof around with my friends and like see Alex Pardee or whoever has a booth there. Like those guys are awesome. I don't want to be the booth person. I had a booth one year for my podcast and I was so bored. Yeah. I, I just sat there and just like advertised my podcast, but that was, that was the only time I've ever done it. Let's, so that's a good thing to bring up. You have this podcast and if you, you did a booth for it at a convention that is just roaring loud. So interviews can't happen. What mm -hmm. did you do all day? So I just sat there, we made these little zines yeah. And just passed them out. And like a lot of our uh, guests were there bending. So we were like, hey, uh, not Alex, but Alex has been on. Hey, Alex, can you come to our booth at three o'clock today and just hang out for a little bit and just like dick around with me and we'll like doodle? And like I had this big banner that like all like people were encouraged to sign. And I was just getting people's attention. Like, hey, come over here. Like, oh, you make stuff. I have a podcast that helps artists, you know, like just, just kind of showing face, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and then tell me about this this podcast as it pertains to toys, because that's kind of a, another direction. Um, it's just an art podcast in general. How are you 
does this change anything? Does it change the scope of bringing on those types of artists? What does that look like? You know, I'll be honest with you, man. We don't have too many toy making artists on the podcast because I don't know any. Yeah. It's, it's not something that's in my, like, I'll be honest, like, and this is no detriment to you, dude. Like I just, I was looking through your list of episodes and I don't recognize the names, but it's only because I don't run in those circles. Like yeah. I know suck Lord. I mean, everyone knows him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to know more toy makers. I just, it's just not something that, you know, comes up on my radar. We've had Ben from like 3d retro. He's been on the podcast and that whole episode was about how do you make a toy? Because you know, so many young artists, like every time I post about any toy I've ever made, I'll get a DM. Like, how did you make that? You know? And I'm like, well, here, just go listen to this. Yeah. Like my podcast is just very much about how to do something. It's not really just like talking about products or anything. It's like, well, how did you sell a painting? How did you mix this color? You know, that kind of stuff. So when Ben was on, how does someone make a toy? What are some alternatives? Like what are some options? Yeah. Which the perfect guy to have on to talk about that. The guy yeah. that runs all of designer con. Yeah. Ben's great. Uh, and I don't know, like they just moved, uh, did he move Vegas. everything to Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. He pretty retro his stores now in Vegas and he moved there. I don't know the date, but it's, I literally went there. It's, it's in Vegas now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so looking at this Safubi toy, that is from what I can see and what I've heard and just seeing you light up about it, complete beauty. Um, when does this figure drop? And where does it drop? Uh, I don't know when this comes out, but it's Friday, October 5th. Great. Yeah. And it's, I have a website. My merchandise company is called Black Book and it's our own website. We're releasing it ourselves on Black Book. And like what we do is we have a mailing list and we really pump all the information there, like how much it costs. There's a password to get in before the general public. Uh, that's how we re release a lot of my stuff is through my own website. Yeah. I just, I really like control, man. Like every time <laughs> I let someone else sell something for me, something's misspelled or like, you know, the, the website crashes or something. And I always, I just like being able to troubleshoot everything myself. And so when I can, I like to release my own stuff. To say that you like control and then to work with a toy factory, that's an ocean away. <laughs> what's the mental like state that you're in while that's happening? Fortunately, like we do a lot of projects at once. Like, although I'm not making another Safubi at the time I'm making this one, I'm playing an art show and I'm working with this company on something. So like, it's just drops a time in my bucket. You know, like I'll get an email once a week and I'll think about the, the, it for an hour why I have to deal with like, oh, they need these, these colors or I got to pay this invoice. And then I move on. Like, I'm not just sitting like twiddling my thumbs with it. But obviously, you know, like I said, I saw this thing for the first time in November, 2022. And once I held it, it really started like, when is this going to be done? Like, I can't wait to see this. And obviously there was a point before I held it in my hand, the final that they sent me photos. And that was a few months prior to me actually getting them. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I just want to post all these photos online right now. But I, yeah. I, I, I knew it was way too early, but like, I was just so excited about it, but I don't know. <laughs> just that's, that's my answer. Yeah. That's tough. I, I think that, uh, I've heard stories from all over that they get these going and then a uh, factory they're getting to work. That's what they're doing. They're getting your toy done. And then they don't communicate for like four months sometimes. Yeah. And that's what's like, happening. Like, and no matter what email you send in, it's just radio silence. Yeah. To, Cause to them, that's just how it is. Like we told yeah. you it's going to take a while. It's taking a while. What do you want from us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing all of this everything for so long that I realized like give people their time 
Like no one wants to be bothered every week with an email like, hey, what's the status? What's the update? Because you're just going to piss them off and then they're in, they're going to end up rushing it and you're going to have toys to break. Like I like I told you I did in the past. Like yeah. the one time we rushed the factory, all the toys broke. So hire good people and let them do their job, you know? Yeah. Have you thought, uh, we're going back a little bit with this one because you brought that up again. Have you thought with all that stock, like to revamp that toy and bring it back out again? I don't own it. Okay. A a gallery owns those and we no longer, like we, we don't work together anymore. Okay. So I I don't have control over them. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we are so pumped for that figure to come out. The last part of the podcast that I absolutely love, I give to everyone, like plug everything about, we know who you are, but plug the things where to go to get that toy when it releases all that good stuff. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, my Instagram is Gondek Draws, and that's a portal for everything. My name, MattGondek.com. My web store's on there. It's called Black Book. But yeah, it comes out Friday on my web store, Black Book. Uh, it's blackbookofficial.com. Uh, everyone that's listening that's trying to sell artwork and make money off their creations, I run a podcast. I've been doing it for five years. It's called Clean Break. Not a lot of toy makers on there, like I said, but a lot of artists. And I'll sit, I'll sit somebody down, like I had Ron English, and I'll say, how did you start making money? How do you organize for an art show? I just start asking questions and like they they share what they know. And like, because I'm from the middle of the woods in Pennsylvania and I figured this stuff out as I went along and I and now I can make money and I just want to share what I know with everybody. And I just, I just want to help with people. So yeah, my webs, the website's cleanbreakpodcast.com. It's on YouTube. It's on every podcast platform. I'd rather promote that to be honest, because I just want to help people. That's awesome. That that's awesome. Thank you again so much for coming on Toys on Tap, man. Yeah, thank you, dude. I appreciate. It. Thanks for uh, thanks for bearing with me doing this so quickly. It's really nice of you. It was the funniest video to get. Uh, no one sends me a video, and so yeah. to see that it was a video that came through that was like, "Hey, just so we're clear," and then just rattling off like, "My day is gone." Uh, <laughs> I get it. This is not even. I can tell you that wasn't even the most hectic interview to get lined up. You're more than good. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. It's really nice to meet you.